Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Seven Secrets Podcast. It's January 28th, 2021, and I'm your host, Greg Palmer, otherwise known as Shaman. I've appeared on a couple of other podcasts, um, sent in a couple of my own responses and recordings, so you might have heard the name Shaman thrown around from time to time. I thought maybe I'd step in, try my hand at creating my own podcast episode and just see how it goes. Um, If you enjoy the show, please let me know. Send in some sort of email or maybe throw me some of your own experiences that I can share on future episodes. I'd be very happy if other people wanted to get involved with this project. Um, Like I said, this is just a hobby right now. We'll see how this goes and if it continues. So first, I thought we'd just start out with a couple of happenings that are going on in the news world right now, specifically in the fringe news community. Um, The first thing is there is a full moon tonight where I'm at, so yay for that. We all know that strange things happen during a full moon. Uh, I consider it a privilege that our first episode is happening on a day when uh, this will be occurring. It feels like good luck for us, so yay for that. Um, The Department of Homeland Security issued a nationwide terrorism alert yesterday for issues related to racial tension and... um, These people called DVEs, or Domestic Violence Extremists. Hmm. Seems like there's something more going on to that story. The next thing is we, um, here at the Seven Secrets Podcast, have recently been looking at the National UFO Reporting Center Database, Uh, about, on January 19th, 2021, there was a man by the name of Simon Hardy in Cantonment, Florida, who reported something unusual. Reading over his description, it seems that at 9.25 a.m., he was backing out of his driveway was followed by a craft in the sky that appeared to be shaped like a teardrop, followed him for approximately 40 seconds before just suddenly disappearing, running away at lightning speeds, as he describes. Um, I'll read you a little bit of his description here just to help you understand what Mr. Hardy says happened to him. 
Once I get to the end of the cul-de-sac, I looked at the craft very clearly for another three seconds, and then as fast as I blinked my eyes, the craft completely left my sight of vision in one millisecond. I mean it left at lightning speed. I got out of my jeep and looked in all directions, and it was nowhere in the sky at all. It vanished in literally one second. This seems to be a common experience among UFO reporters. Uh, Mr. Hardy goes on to say that he reported this experience to the government, uh, specifically the Pensacola Naval Air Station, um, and he's requesting any help from the public, uh, figuring out what might have happened. Um, <clears throat> there's all sort of unusual sightings like this, but I just like to keep us up to date, keep us fresh with... Uh, new experiences that are occurring and that people are still looking for answers to these things. This hasn't just disappeared into the collective unconscious, as it were. Uh, some other very interesting piece of news here is that about two weeks ago, the CIA gave the Black Vault an online record-keeping service of government-related alien and UFO documents, a collection of new documents that is more than 2,700 pages long. Uh, those who work at the Black Vault, including John Greenwald Jr., claim that they fought for a long time to ob obtain these documents. And Sitting here looking over the files, I am... Pretty impressed. I'm sure we all have a healthy amount of skepticism over whatever documents were given to the public, allowed to be viewed by them, an absurd irrationality in any case, but nonetheless, we can peruse and download these documents for free at the Black Vault. Um, links to all of these stories and their sources will be included with the podcast. And that pretty much sums up the news for this episode. So, I hope you enjoyed that. Now, a lot of our news stories actually had to do with uh, extraterrestrials, aliens, UFOs. And I guess because the topic of this episode is going to kind of center around that, um, I just wanted to open up with one of my own stories. I haven't actually had many encounters with extraterrestrials, aliens, or UFOs in uh, any sense, really. But there is one particular incident that happened to me more recently. Um, I used to live eh, up in North Carolina and moved in the past little while down more south toward, um, toward the beach. And I've noticed, one of the first things I noticed when I moved down here, um, you know, I made the long journey all the way down, and whenever I finally got here, it was nighttime, and I stepped out of my car, and I looked up at the sky, and I was surprised because the moon looked so different, and the stars looked so different, and it was all so much more bright. It all seemed much more clear. The face of the moon was much more detailed. It, it looked bigger and actually closer. And I got to talking about this and thinking about it for a while. And it occurred to me, uh, through talking with my friends and also reading stuff online, 
that because of the bulge of the Earth, when you are closer to the equator, you are actually closer to the moon physically. And, you know, I mean, it creates some sort of effect. It's easier to see things in the nighttime sky and in space when you are closer to the equator because you are closer to those objects in space. Well, this is leading me back to my point. I had been living um, uh, at a place where it was just more convenient for me to go outside during the night. Um, I'd take walks outside, I'd go to the bathroom, maybe walk the dog, you know, whatever needed to be done. And I walk outside at about three in the morning one night and I look up at the sky while I'm sitting here, I'm taking a piss, I look up at the sky and there's this big, bright, cigar-shaped object immediately just above my head. And like I said, I've never had any other experiences with UFOs. Just, this was just like out of nowhere, did not expect this. Um, and I am just about to freak the fuck out when the thing, like we talked about in the case of Mr. Hardy earlier, this cigar-shaped object just gone. Just in a second, you could see it traveling away. You could actually physically see it move through the sky in a millisecond, but in a millisecond it was gone. It had just moved out of existence. It's so, it's so or so it appeared. And I mean, this was very strange. I had never, like I said, witnessed this before. The more and more I got to looking at these encounters, though, it did seem that this sort of phenomena of just wildly and quickly being able to move away from the viewer is a pretty common experience. Um, I got to talking to one of my friends about it more recently, and actually it was his theory that they always knew they are always knowing when you are, they always know when you are perceiving them, um, these extraterrestrials or whatever you want to think of them as. So when they let you see them, they immediately know when you recognize them and are able to move away or disappear. Um, how they know this, how do they immediately know when you recognize them or as soon as they move into your field of vision, uh, I don't know about this. And why do they sometimes allow themselves to linger for longer periods of time? In the case of Mr. Hardy, I also do not know. But the fact that these sightings occur, that they happen so frequently, that they are so much commonality, leads one to wonder why. Why are they here? What is happening? Um, personally, I subscribe to a theory of intergalactic or multi-universal government. Uh, there's no reason to believe that as intelligent life evolves past our stage, that it does not continue its progression in government, uh, that it doesn't continue this progression into the universe, the galaxy and the universe, and further into the multiverse, if such exist. Therefore, it would not be a stretch to assume that we are already working within the confines of an intergalactic government. Uh, they probably do not allow certain uh, infringements. They probably don't allow alien species to interact with Earth very closely unless it has been approved by some sort of governing entities. Um, 
And most of the UFOs and spacecraft that we see are probably rogue aliens who have defied these laws or these orders. Um, with the exception of those that have been deemed worthy to visit our planet for some reason or another. Now, this is the view that I subscribe to. I've heard multiple different theories on all of this. And of course, there is the more common belief among the conspiracy community that there are multiple alien races that are in contact with Earth in varying degrees throughout our history, that some of them are benign and some of them are malevolent. I mean, without a doubt, there are multiple alien races and they are in varying degrees of, you know, good and evil or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, without a doubt, these bodies have probably already come into some sort of government relationship or political relationship. And we are, for some reason, not seeing very much interaction with that. And one just has to wonder if there are so many of these beings and if they are able to be involved in so much, which assuredly they are with the amount of time that they have been uh, able to exist pre-human, there's a reason that we are not involved in these equations and these interactions and relationships and it's honestly it's because when they look at us they they probably see like a planet that very much just resembles a planet dominated by monkeys or apes <laughs> and i mean i mean this in the sense that they are much more advanced than we are they know that eventually these monkeys apes primates these very complex primates will eventually turn into interstellar species that will be involved in their grand relationship plan, but they want to ensure that when they don't want to interact with us because they want to ensure that when we reach this point of being able to interact with them, we know that they have been peaceful this entire time and that we do not need to be hostile. And that is the biggest takeaway from this, I feel like, is that we do not need to be hostile. We've existed for a very long time, these alien races, but people like to induce fear, Concerning the subject, I feel like that is a problem to some extent. There are dangerous aspects of space and aliens' life, definitely, but we've existed for a long time, and you know we've been protected for a long amount of time. And I don't think there's any reason to start being afraid now versus five thousand years ago, a mm, thousand years ago. There's no more reason now to be afraid of those alien brethren of ours than there was at that time. To give you a better understanding of why I'm saying alien species would not interact with Earth, given this context, let's think about it in terms of humanity acquiring the means to travel in space and they form some sort of intergalactic government. We'll think about this from hu future human terms. And let's say future humans have started to dominate a part of the galaxy and they find a planet that looks eerily similar to Earth thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Now, if they find this, they don't want to directly involve themselves in the process. I don't think humanity would directly just appear and be like, oh, guess what? There's this grander thing called space and we've actually been colonizing on these planets, etc., etc. And the reason we would not do this is because we would know what humanity was like 
thousands and thousands of years ago. And we know that these concepts would not only not be understandable to some extent, but they would cause mass hysteria. Now, so this is why you can see from this framework why alien species that are so much more advanced than we are do not just want to appear and tell us these things, and they want us to discover these things for ourselves, because within this framework, this is actually the best possible conclusion. The, it, it, any other sort of interference outside of just subtle hints or suggestions, which we receive all the time, could cause, in fact, you can see this, that it would not end well. And uh, that's about all I've got on the docket for today, y'all. I appreciate everybody listening to this first episode of the Seven Secrets podcast. It's been quite enjoyable. I hope everyone enjoyed the discussions. Um, like I said, I'm totally open to other theories here and ideas. Uh, nothing I say is quite set in stone. These are just ideas that I have. Uh, please feel free to send me some of your thoughts um, on the show, on alien life, on anything paranormal, mysterious, or esoteric. Uh, you can send those things to my email at the7secretspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the Seven Secrets Podcast at gmail.com. I would really like some involvement on this project, like I said earlier. Um, and if people are into it, maybe we'll have another episode. So, um, like I said, I hope you enjoy. Tune in again. Let me know what you think.